I uh, ran away from home when I was 18. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know who I was going to live with. Welcome to the Challenger Podcast. This is your host, Peter Gang. Join me in talking to some of the most extraordinary people I've met, and let's find out together their greatest challenges and greatest triumphs. Hopefully, their stories and wisdom can light up your day. All right. Hello, everyone. Um, today, we have an extraordinary guest who I know is a true fighter, hustler, and in her own words, girl boss, Sasha. A little bit about her. She came from, from the world of advanced biotechnology, doing research and now managing large teams. And also, she's doing part-time work, really helping out the, her community as she sees fit. So, Sasha, tell our, our folks a little bit about yourself. Well, that's it's kind of a complicated answer um it's funny the last few weeks when people are like what do you do i'm like um i do a lot of stuff right now <laughs> uh but tell us about it. yeah I'll, I'll tell you tell you about myself so i am born and raised in the la area my parents are immigrants from argentina and i went to undergrad at the claremont colleges where i studied biology and spanish and that was where i met my boyfriend who is now my husband and we moved up to the bay area after we graduated to uh stay together in the same geography and also because the biotech industry is so big here and i've spent the first 10 years of my career at various startups and pfizer uh, doing work at the lab bench in various capacities and of supporting research roles and now I'm a student at UC Berkeley Haas School of Business, part-time, full-time. I'm a project manager at a um, biotech startup in South San Francisco. And I've also started becoming more involved in the biotech community. I'm volunteering at a student-run nonprofit biotech accelerator as the co-managing director of the Bay Area, where we are seeking to... Um, train and empower future biotech leaders, help them form their own companies and network and get involved in, in the community. And then lastly, as you heard from my, my host talk at uh, our last class together a few weeks ago, I'm also uh, very involved in the Burning Man community and a lot of, a lot of spare time in the summer and throughout the year spent volunteering uh, at different um, art collectives, essentially, I guess is what you could call them. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like quite a bit. Um, <laughs> but I see the passion that strings through that connects all of these things together. You're, you're project managing large teams at uh, biotech startup. You are director at a accelerator. You are also running teams, essentially teams of people at Burning Man. Um, out of these things or other of your greatest accomplishments in the past, what are some true highlights that really come to your mind? Yeah, so my my greatest success isn't necessarily something others would consider a, a specific or a tangible achievement, mm -hmm. you know, like a smart goal or something like yeah. that. I I would say my greatest success was and I, there are multiple moments like this but the the moment that is probably the most 
pivotal in my life and and that is in some way almost a butterfly effect and that has changed the course of my life is um like being able to leave the home situation that I was in when I was younger I uh, ran away from home when I was 18. I was ready to just, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know who I was going to live with. I had four more months to graduate high school I, and I had no plan. I just grabbed my stuff and walked out the door and I was like, well, this is it. And walked two miles to my friend's house and called my, called my aunt or in my family to, you know, see if someone would be willing to pick me up. And um, just that fear and that just like uncertainty that walk the two mile walk from my house to their her house was very you know I could have turned around at any time and when someone says to you let me know if you need anything I'll always be there for you like you never know if they're serious about it especially with family right you could it could create a lot of really serious issues between the family and I, I'm just so proud that I've made that decision to just take the plunge and just make, you know, I would say that was like the first major risk that, you know, that I took in my life. And it not only has set the trajectory for the rest of my life, but also set the tone for um, decisions that I make today. And, and also just in times, you know, when I'm feeling challenged or, or just stressed about stuff. And, and I think back and I'm like, you know, look, I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I can, this problem that I'm dealing with right now is not as big as, as that was. And it, it's, it's, um, it's been a real um, testament to just kind of just the, the way I live my life now. And, when I'm not happy about something, when I don't like it, I facilitate that change. I walk out the door and I do something about it. Can you um, let us know first at a high level, what prompted you to leave your household when you were young? And then what, what your friend had done for you to help you get on with your life at that during those times? So it was really a culmination of events. My parents divorced when I was five. They had a 10-year custody battle, you know, where we were in and out of the court, um, going every week for years to, you know, different psychologists. My mom had one psychologist. My dad had one. They would say the things that their clients wanted them to say, you know, to the court. And it was just a very, very toxic very harsh environment and my you know classic evil stepmother story my my stepmom kind of I mean I think she was always a bad person but I she went through IVF which at the time back then had like a crazy amount of hormones compared to what it is today and I think that um that just hormonal changes in in her body and having her own children as well um really just changed change the dynamic of the household and what happened on that day when I moved out it was March 6 2011 and it was the day that the FAFSA was due. FAFSA is the free application for federal student aid. It's a form you need to fill out to get any financial aid from the federal government to help pay for college. 
And when you when you live in in a home like that, there's tons of Reddit threads like raised by narcissists, raised by BPD. And a lot of, you know, there's a lot of gaslighting and they're like, oh, we're tough on you because we love you. Or, you know, it's a lot of emotional manipulation. And, um, but that day the FAFSA was due and I, and I just remember like, like fighting and crying. And it was like, look, I'm not asking you to pay for college, but in the, in the U.S., you need to file a FAFSA to even be considered for scholarships, you know? And it just dawned on me. It was like, how can someone that claims that they care about you be ready to ruin your future like that? And so for me, it was just the last straw. And I was like, I can't, I can't be here anymore. And so when I went to my friend's house, um, they had already been aware of, you know, the issues that I was having at home. Um, I would like probably for a year before that, her mom would make her two lunches because I didn't have lunch at school. And um, like when I got over there, like I just, you know, they opened the door and I didn't say anything. I was crying and they were like, come inside. And, you know, they knew, they knew what had happened. I think they had, were, you know, guessed that that day was going to come and they let me use their phone to, um, call my aunt who drove. She lived an hour and a half away. She came to come get me. And, um, they were, they were like a second family to me. They were like second parents. And, um, my aunt and my cousin, you know, drove me back and forth to school and it was a different, different aunt and set of cousins. They were 45 minutes away, but it's a lot, you know, every day. So, um, this friend, her parents would let me spend the night, maybe two or three nights a week. And then they would drive us to school and, you know, same thing. They would feed me like, you know, including their family dinners and everything. And it was, I would sleep on the floor and we would do, my friend and I would do homework together until really late at night. It was, it was a really, really great experience um, to just have that, have that support from multiple directions when you're not sure that it's, you know, that people mean it when they say they're going to give it to you. Wow. Sounds like you're very fortunate to have this friend during your time of need. Yeah. Now I can see how this experience in your past really shaped how your personality is, how such a proactive achiever that you are. And I bet you would be able to, or willing to pay it forward when someone else asks for help from you. Exactly. And actually that's my, um, my husband and I, you know, he was raised very similar, very generous family. And we've, we've always, um, been aligned with, um, you know, helping friends out, especially when it comes to having a place to live and a place to stay. We've had, um, I think 13 roommates over the last few years, just, you know, friends that are like, oh, I need somewhere to be for the summer or I'm moving, but like, I don't know where I want to live yet. Can I stay with you? And, um, one of, one of our really good friends was, he was actually homeless in LA and we convinced him to move up. He was living in a warehouse and we convinced him to move up here um, with us. And we were like, it's, you know, it's not a problem. Like the room's there, like just find a job and like, we'll figure it out. And, um, you know, I, I, I really value in, you know, taking, taking our good fortune and, and 
and like you said, paying it forward whenever we can. Because I, I would love to just be that person in someone else's life. I know how important it is. Yes. Wow. Couldn't agree more. So looking at this tremendous adversity you have overcame in, in, in your early life and also all the great stuff you're doing now for not only your career, but for your friends. Um, what What is, if there is one thing that comes to your mind that is you would call your greatest failure? something you haven't told someone, something that maybe is hurting you to even this day, or something that you would just do everything to go over once more, what would that thing be? Yeah, so I spent quite a while thinking about this. um, And it was really hard to pick something because I think in all of my failures, it's it's put me, I, I am where I'm supposed to be today. And it's because of those failures and those successes. And so I had, a, you know, a few ideas of like, oh, I wish I got my MBA sooner or, you know, but I wouldn't be here talking to you. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I think one of my biggest failures is, um, that aunt who took me in Mm-hmm. one second sorry i didn't think i was gonna get no problem no take your time that aunt who took me in i don't think i told her enough times oh my god this is so dumb sorry i don't i don't want to no, cry no. <laughs> i don't think i told her enough times how much she mean she meant to me I think she knew, but I think I should have told her more. And she actually, and I think the reason, (laughs) I think the reason I'm emotional is um, she passed away um, on our wedding day, actually. And the the five-year anniversary was um, November 25th. And I just, I, you know, I don't have specific regrets about, you know, things. I wish I did this differently. I wish I did that differently because I think, you know, we all learn from our failures. We all learn how to do things better, but you can't. And you you always have a chance to try again, but with, you know, people that you love and people that have made a huge difference in your life, you don't get that time back if they're gone. Wow. Thank you so much. Sorry, this got really depressing. <laughs> it is not depressing. It is actually very encouraging. And I something that definitely tells me that I feel like um, wherever the aunt is now, she knows how much you appreciate her. And she lives through, she lives on through this conversation and through all the people that can be hearing this. Thank you for that. So I started this question asking about what your thoughts on your greatest failure was. And I'm getting a sense that you wanted to express even more appreciation for this person now is no longer with us. What would you do differently for the days forward? I think what I would do differently is I think with, you know, the people that are left, you know, those little, the little butterfly effects and, you know, just throughout my life is, um, 
something like, you know, even just like a card or something of just, you know, kind of memorializing, like, I, cause you know, I think I've said thank you a lot of times, but, and I think it's more important now also to just for them to hear it again. And just like, you know, you made such a big difference in my life. And I think it's, I think what I would have done, you know, with, with my aunt is, is really, you know, just telling her more and also telling her how, you know, how she's affected me as, you know, being the person that I want to be in the future. And so with, with these people, I'm, I'm definitely going to, I've been thinking about it for a while and just making it a kind of like a new year's resolution of just, just, um, getting into contact again or just writing them a short letter of just like hey here's an update like this is what I'm what I'm doing my life is awesome and it's because you know it's because of you and um this is how I want to help people in the future well that sounds really great sounds like a lot of active appreciation for as many yeah. people as you can reach so if you were to do this really well uh for the near future what do you have what do you think you have plan for yourself um, if we look even further out in your life imagine this is a day where you're ready to set to retire way later in your life what would you imagine your life to be like at that time yeah I think um, you know there's these person you know goals to make differences and people in my personal life and my personal networks um, but I I also would like to really um, I like a a passion of mine that I, I would really like to promote and grow and be, be proud of maybe, and maybe still be actively involved in, um, you know, when, when I'm retired and I don't know if I'll ever actually retire. I think I get bored, <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but something I'm really passionate about is it, increasing representation of people of color, um, in biotech and uh, specifically biotech entrepreneurs, because, I, you know, I've had to struggle for multiple reasons and like, you know, they're not necessarily because of my race, but I feel like also I've struggled, struggled in my career development because of either you know, my background or, or just, um, uh, you know, being a woman in science as well. Mm -hmm. And what I'd really like to do is, um, help promote di diversity and biotech entrepreneurship, because I think that's something that the, something that the industry really needs. And I, when you, when you have diversity of people, you'll have diversity of thought and innovation and, um, you know, help, help patients and, and help, you know, create, create differences in the world. And I think, um, a lot of the, a lot of the career paths are really set up for, or, you know, biased towards people with privilege. And it's, it's kind of how I got here in the first place where I wanted to be a scientist and, back to be a scientist, you had to have a PhD. And I was working, you know, 40 hours a week in undergrad and I did not, I had the most horrible GPA actually when I had to like unearth my transcript from undergrad to prepare for, you know, my Haas application, mm -hmm. I had to do a double take. And I was like, did I, did I graduate? Like it was so bad. It was really bad. And I was like, no, I walked. I definitely graduated. Like I haven't been lying everybody, to everybody for the last 10 years. Um, and then I, um, spent all of that time, like trying to, you know, trying to make up for it or, or trying to make a name for myself in other ways. And, and, um, not that I'm settling for business school, I think is actually like, 
the most amazing, you know, the best, the best scenario for me in terms of what I want to do in the industry. But anyway, I think, um, you know, hopefully, you know, when I'm that age, I'll, you know, I, I don't know, let's, I'm going to make an affirmation. Okay. But mm -hmm. I'm going to be an angel investor and I want mm -hmm. to at least have funds or something where specifically promoting uh, people of color and women entrepreneur leaders in the biotech industry. And I hope to just help, um, help like spread the good news, you know, so that people don't wait as until I'm as old as I am now to realize that there's other way. You don't have to be a scientist to, <laughs> to do great things in the industry either. That's just one path. And I, I think it's a very kind of old school industry that really needs to change. You know, Sasha, something tells me that we will not need to wait until Sasha retires to have an angel investor who is dedicated to this effort. I think there already are. I want it to be mine, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll get there way faster uh, than we all think. Thank you, Sasha, so much for your truly, truly moving, touching stories. And I hope that in the future, all, all the best fortunes to you because the world deserves someone like you to make it better. And I hope the uh, folks listening can also learn something, take away something, take away a piece of you uh, and go out in the world and make it better. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Challenger Podcast with Peter Gang. Today's conversation with Sasha showed you how she was able to overcome adversity at a young age and really took her life in the direction she wanted with help from friends. I hope her story was inspiring and helped to show you that the challenge you're facing right now will be overcome by your own ingenuity and perhaps a little bit of help from your friends and family. Remember, it's never too late to reflect back on the obstacles you've overcame, how much you've grown, and how much you have yet to do. We encourage you to take the time and find ways to prioritize your well-being and find your inner peace. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time for another conversation about challenges and triumphs in life. <music>